0: Invest talk listeners ask Steve and Justin what they use for their winning investment research, and the answer is YCharts: quality data with easy-to-use tools. Start your free trial now at YCharts.com.
1: This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peaslee, President, KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast.
2: Good afternoon everybody and welcome to Invest Talk. It is October seventeenth. I'm Steve Peasley. And of course, this is our long running Invest Talk program. We've been on for decades now. What? Two decades? Oh not quite two decades, I guess. Uh, and our, our company is KPP Financial. And, you know, as I said, we've been doing the show about twenty years. I fully realize that your participation makes it all possible, not mine. So I hope you will call me today with investment and financial questions you might have 888 99 chart is the number you can call right now and get get lined up what we what will we accomplish today well our number one goal is always to help you become a an above average investor that's that's our goal i offer my experience and insight to help promote that goal to make to, to meet that objective and i do have two save the date reminders right now. Uh, On October 30th at 6.30 p.m. Pacific Time, Justin and I will host our next free webinar. That's October 30th, 6.30. We're calling it the Wealth Webinar. These are one-hour live online educational events that cover a bunch of topics, various topics, from economics to stock picking, and you can pre-register right now, so you can do that. On November 7th, I will return to San Jose to conduct personalized, no-cost, one-on-one portfolio reviews. You know, these meetings I do at least once a month up in the Bay Area. Time and spaces are limited, so if you could sign up as soon as you can so you can get what time you need or want, that would be appreciated. So the, the idea is to help understand where you are financially. Where are you? Are you on the right path? You have to make changes to whatever you need to do, your lifestyle, your savings rates, whatever, to achieve the comfortable retirement we all want. Okay, so that's what the idea is on these meetings. And, of course, I'm not shy. I mean, I, they are also about, you know, whether we, KPP Financial, can help you get there. And and But if not, that's okay, too. Now, talk about the market. The Dow was down today. IBM was a big drag on the Dow, but... One rough week in the market does not change the fact that the economy is very strong, very strong. So there may well be a pullback opportunities here as the economy, as long as the economy stays strong, you, yeah, you know, I don't see a, a bear market in the offing necessarily. And many, many experts think that the market can go higher, but I always, always have a little caution when it comes to what the experts say. They are often wrong. I just you just can't believe them. You, you know you I read their opinions. I am very diligent about reading as many opposed opinions to each other to see what both sides say, but I don't believe either side. I make up my own mind and so should you. Make up your own mind. Oil opened at $71.14 a barrel. That was pretty high. Facebook is facing a lawsuit over a previous undisclosed metric problem they had. Netflix opened with a rally fueled by subscribe, subscriber increases they had. Earnings season is upon us and it's looking pretty decent so far. There's plenty in the market and investment news to talk about today, so we can do that. Today, my so-called top of the show story, I will provide information about bank fees. Making you aware of various fees may give you a way to plan to avoid them. I'm always a big one to avoid fees wherever you can. So we're, that's going to be the main talking point of the day. And some other talking points that I want to get to. Why Democrats taking Congress, could mean what could it mean for stocks? And this is not a pol- political issue I want to talk about. I'm not talking about politics per se. I'm talking about. I don't care if you're Democrat or Republican. I'm talking about what a change if the Democrats retake Congress. What will that do to the stocks? What has it done historically? You know, not. And I'm going to talk about you know when when the government control when one party controls everything. You know, from presidency all through the Congress, or when there's a divided. What's what are the differences? I want to talk about those things. Jobs that won't exist in 10 years. So for if you have kids or grandkids or nieces or nephews, don't push them toward these jobs. Matter of fact, make sure they don't take these jobs. i got a handful of them I'm going to talk about. Don't take them. And I also want to talk about Social Security and taking money and what are some of the rules. Yeah, I'm not going to get into real in-depth because they have quite a few rules, but just some of the general rules that I'll just go over with. And when you take what, how much and uh, how, what are the benefits or what, are the, what do you give up if you take it too early, that kind of thing. Okay? Now, what happened to the market today? As I said, uh, the Dow was down 92. The Nasdaq was down 3. And the S&P down 1. I don't know. Did I say that already? I don't think I did. But that's what the market did today. Okay. Remember, our number, 888-99-CHART. You can call right now and ask any questions you want. And let's go to Jacob. Is it Jacob? In Oakland. Jacoby. How are you Yeah, Jacoby. How's Hyde? it going, Steve? Good, good. So thank you. I'm calling. I'm calling because on
0: behalf of my girlfriend, actually, she recently realized that she's been putting money into her IRA and has not been investing it. So my general question is, what should someone in her position do? Someone who's 30 years old, an aggressive investor, And has a a lot of uninvested money in her IRA. How how to get into the market?
2: Okay, she shouldn't dump it all at one time, in my opinion. Not right at this time, Uh, you know, uh, because we still we're still in maybe in our corrective phase, but we could also be finished. So, I would take the money and maybe break it up into chunks, Jacoby. Maybe break it up into like four or five. Chunk. Divide, divide the amount by five, okay, and take that one fifth amount and invest it tomorrow. Put it in right away, okay. In two more weeks, put another fifth in. Two more weeks, put another fifth in. So, in by the middle or uh, the end of November, the end of November, she'd be in almost completely. I'm pushing a little faster because we're entering the best time historically for stocks, which is October, November. December, January, February, March. So it's smarter to have her in than out. But I still think we might have a little bit more correction to go here, but I could be wrong. No one knows Jacob Jacoby. Everybody, you know, all the experts out there think that they know, All oh, the timing is this. You know, there's no, way, there's no way of timing the market. And she's pretty young. She should get in soon and just make sure it's a Pretty diverse portfolio. Don't buy all in one thing. Unless you're going to buy just an index fund like the S&P 500, then you can. You can buy all that if you want. Okay? Okay, great. That makes sense. Thanks a lot, Steve. Thanks for the call. Th- thanks for the call. Yeah, everybody, you just, you know, I could just see you dumping all that money in today into the market, and then the market goes down, you know, five, ten more points, percentage points. And they got, then Jacoby would call me back and say, tell me I'm an idiot. That's what he would say. And so that's why I like to do that dollar cost averaging kind of thing. Now looking at the clock, I think we should take the first break, then come back and do the top of the show story. This is Invest Talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley, and I hope you can take a minute or two to subscribe to our KPP Premium newsletter. I compile it and distribute it every Friday. I've worked, I started working on it today. The newsletter provides a sound summary of the week's events in the marketplace, the economy. Then kind of gives you a little look, heads up of what's going on looking forward, give you a couple stock ideas in there, give you a portfolio review, uh, management section. You know, this has like four sections. You can sign up, right? You can you go to investtalk.com. That's where you can subscribe. I'm ready to take your questions at 888-99-CHART.
0: Thanks for listening to Invest Talk. Head over to investtalk.com and read about the many strategic investing programs offered to clients of KPP Financial. In particular, you should consider balanced income, it gives investors an ideal blend of growth and interest. The phone lines are open, Steve is here, and he's taking your questions live. 888 99 Chart.
2: 888-992-4278. So what's on your mind? What do you guys want to talk about? Okay, let's talk about right now the ins and outs of bank fees. And we found the story at, on Investopedia.com. Now, you know, banks make profits. They have different profit centers. And one of the big profit centers, of course, is lending money out, right? So when the bank lends money, they make money. But they also make money on their fees. And you can avoid a lot of these fees. And it's important to know all the fees that banks charge. The, the One of the main fees is monthly account maintenance fee. That could be like, it's like average, about $13 a month. So what is that, $156 a year? And after 10 years, that's what, $1,500? You can avoid that with having a minimum in the bank. And the minimums are not a lot, $500 or $1,000. So that's a fee you can avoid completely without too much difficulty. Now, also you have overdraft or insufficient fund fees, and yeah, you know, that's when you bounce a check. And the average overdraft fee is thirty-three dollars. Don't bounce any checks. Now, you can also buy overdraft protection, but there's a fee. In other words, you know, okay, you can overdraw, you know, and not have enough money. How much does that cost? The current national average of overdraft protection fee is $33. (laughs) So, you know, there's those fees. There's a lot of fees that they charge. You know, they have return deposit fees, additional check fees, cashier's check fees, paper statement fees, ATM fees, inactivity fee, and this goes on from there. So try to understand what those fees all are and avoid as many as you can. Just be aware of what the fees are. You, know, you see, if you see something on your your statement that's a fee that you don't know what it is, call up the bank, ask them what it is, because it'd be something you could easily avoid. Okay, all this leads to a point, everybody. It's all about the best use of your money. The, where where should you put your money? How how do you control your monthly expenses and your budget? And, and this is just one thing that you can do to control it. Okay, and then the money you can save, you can invest. Okay, and when you do invest, you probably need a strategy. That means you need to do it. You've got to come up with your own strategy or you hire somebody else to do it. And you always consider the risks that you're going to take when you develop that strategy, the risk you want to take, and make sure that the strategy complies with the risk that you want. Anyways. Now, KPP Financial, Judge Klein and I can help you with these important goals if that's the case. Uh, but you have to reach out to us. You can call our data point office if you like or send us a message through investtalk.com. An email comes directly to me. I get those all the time. Now, here's, uh, we got well, only a couple minutes left before the break. Okay, here's an investment term you should know. Hard to sell asset. Hard to sell assets can take various forms and, and be problematic for you, for for you, for you as a client, okay, Uh, you can, there are assets out there, hard to sell assets that are a a problem for a lot of people, and they, there's hardly any bidders out there for the product, and you can't sell it, and if you go, if you have to sell it, then you get the, the price goes down further and further and further and you eventually until you attract somebody and that could be very very expensive to you. okay so try to understand if you have a hard to sell asset. a lot of these are private REITs real estate investment trusts like that uh, a private uh, there's a private placement uh, investments stay away from those. they're not that liquid. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and I hope you write down this date and on November 7th. I'll be in San Jose conducting no-cost personalized portfolio reviews. So tell your friends and then register at InvestTalk.com. We're taking your questions now. Give us a call: 888 99 Charts.
0: InvestTalk listeners call each week asking Steve or Justin to name the software tools they use for data research and filtering. Ready? YCharts. And if you go to YCharts.com, you can get a free trial. Even better, mention InvestTalk when you purchase and you'll get a significant discount. But now, have you got a question for Steve? He's here and the lines are open. 888-99-CHART.
1: Hey, this is Charlie from Pensacola, Florida. Um,
0: i have a few questions about NWL. Uh, the fundamentals look pretty decent, but the chart's kind of a mess. It looks like they've been taking a pretty big hit for the last year and
1: a half. Looking forward to it, hear what you guys think. Now listen on to the show for later.
2: Okay, that's Newell, everybody. Uh, Newell Brands manufactures household, household hardware, cookware, office goods, uh, sold to volume retailers, wholesale. Um, so it, it's a very uh, old type of industry. They're, they're out of, uh, let's see, where are they from? Hoboken, New Jersey. Uh, Newell Brands, NWL. Uh, the problem you have here is their sales have been slowly falling for six or seven quarters in a row, The sales. So there's there's no one really wants to own this stock, even though it's very inexpensive, seventeen dollars and seventy five cents. Uh, they're going to make two dollars and thirty one cents next year after making two dollars and forty seven cents next this year. Those are the estimates. They made two oh one last year, but in nineteen in two thousand sixteen they made two eighty nine. So sales are kind of weakening along with with uh, sales. So I I would suggest that you stay away from it. Uh, it's just not strong enough. This It needs to turn its sales around. I mean, the most recent core sales fell 13%. It's a. It's just, you know, it looks like a value stock because it's at the low PE range of, you know, it's low. But, you know, there's nothing here to tell me that it's going to get better. You'll also will be attracted by the dividend, 5.2% dividend. Well, okay. Uh... That is probably very sustainable uh, because of their earnings. So if you buy for the dividend, you'll, you'll get your 5.2%. But the prices of the stock could easily continue ticking down if sales don't turn around. The sales part is a disturbing issue. Earnings will come with higher sales, but still the sales are still shrinking. So I, I kind of think you should stay away from it. Okay. Newell, N-W-L, Newell Brands. Today's main talking point, unexpected expenses can derail your savings or put you in debt. So I revealed, I'm i going to reveal the seven important budgeting tips for new parents. Just had uh, uh, a niece of mine just had a new baby. So this fits her very nicely. 888-99-CHARTERS is our number, 888-992-4278. And we might as well go ahead and get to that talking point, huh? Uh... Okay, so if you're a new parent, what can you do to save money? And this, you know, I know a lot of you people are not new parents out there, but you do have relatives, nieces, nephews, daughters, sons, okay? And having a baby, you know how much it costs to have a baby? How, not the cost to have the baby, but the cost to raise a child in a middle-income family-type standard is $12,980 a year, $13,000 a year. Okay, a little over a thousand dollars a month. Now, when you're a new parent, you got what diapers and all that new baby stuff, and that all costs money. Costs lots of money. So, one first thing you can do is is first uh, is to understand how much money you're spending. Track the cost of the baby. How much are you spending on the baby? You got to track that. And you also have to prepare for a drop of income, especially if you're a two-income family. Well, one of you is going to stay with, say, home for a while. And that for a while, may, you know, maybe the company that you work for will give you lots of maternity leave or maybe paternity leave. Maternity or Whatever it is, you have to understand how much that is. And if you're going to take more time than that to stay with the baby, you're going to have a drop in your income. So you have to understand what's happening with your income. Uh, Childcare options. You might want to find that out before you need the service. Who can you drop your kid off with? Your child, your newborn. And I'll warn you, you're not going to want to do it at all. Greatest thing is to have grandma, grandpa, uh, uncle, aunt, relative of some kind. That would be really helpful. Even have a live-in. Give them free rent as long as they take care of the baby or whatever it is, whatever you can work out. I've seen it done many different ways. And don't overbuy baby stuff. New parents buy a bunch of stuff (coughs) that they think they're going to need and they don't need it. All this stuff says it will make your life easier and faster and quicker and make it painless. It's not. Most of that stuff is junk. Almost all. All of it is junk. That's not going to help you one bit. Maybe plan some meals for you and your spouse and your other kids in advance. Maybe freeze some of them so you have some always ready to do on a quick, uh, quick basis because you don't have the time because you will be busy. Those are the kinds of things you got to worry about. Okay. Tomorrow on Invest Talk, a new report says that banks have advanced proposals for possible IPO that will value ride Uber, Uber, you know who Uber is, at about $120 billion. That'll be almost double its recent valuation. I'm Steve Peasley. I'm ready to take your questions at 888-99-CHART.
0: Invest talk listeners ask Steve and Justin what they use for their winning investment research. And the answer is Y-CHARTs. Quality data with easy-to-use tools. Start your free trial now at WhiteCharts.com.
1: This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast.
0: is Invest Talk. Have you thought about asking Steve or Justin for a no-cost and no-obligation portfolio review? You should. They can set up a telephone conversation or a Skype consultation. And if you live anywhere in Northern California, Steve will be returning to San Jose on November 7. Save the date and register now at InvestTalk.com. Appointments are free, but they are limited. Okay, You've got finance and investment questions, and you can get unbiased answers. Call now, 888-99-CHART. Well, gentlemen, I was wondering if a IRA, or I suppose 401k for that matter, if it turns into a regular brokerage account once you hit the, I guess, the age requirement where you're required to start taking withdrawals, whether that be, I guess, 70 or or whatnot, or if that stays sort of, uh, you know... Tax, uh, I guess, advantaged. I guess what I'm saying is, could you do a bunch of uh, day trading within your IRA after the age of 70 and have all those gains be tax deferred? All right, appreciate you.
2: Bye. The quick answer is yes, but I need to help clarify this. When you turn age 70 and a half, all your uh, all your non taxable accounts, your tax deferred accounts, IRAs, 401ks, all of them. Okay, at age 70 and a half, you are required to take what's a, a minimum distribution, and it's called a required minimum distribution, and that's a percentage of the portfolio. You don't take it all. It doesn't automatically change into a taxable account or anything like that. You have to take out of those retirement accounts a certain percentage. Whatever's left back in there, you can trade, trade, buy stocks, bonds, all tax-free, when The next year, you're going to take out some more. And the next year, some more. Every year after you turn 8, seven and you you're going to have to take a required minimum distribution. But while it's in there, it's still all tax-deferred. Any of your capital gains, any of your dividends, you're not taxed on those while it's still there. I hope that's clear. 888-99-CHART, eight 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 nine nine two four two seven eight. Okay. Since we're talking about age 70 and a half, let's go ahead and get into the Social Security benefits. If you were born after 1960, 1960 or after, your full retirement age is 67 years old. Now, that could change, by the way, because the federal government changed it from 65 to 67. So, it could change. But that's your what is called full retirement age. And remember that term, full retirement age. Because, and that full retirement age is 67. Because you can start taking benefits at 62. if you're born 1960 or later. If you're born 1960 and earlier, you can take the benefits as early as 59 and a half. okay? But if you take it, let's just talk about, that's why I can't get into all of it because there's so there's a lot to get into. but I'm trying to talk to the broadest audience I can here. <laughs> if you're born 1960 or after, you, you Your full retirement age is 67, but you can start withdrawing money at 62 before you reach full retirement age. If you do, you will only get 70% of your monthly benefit, 70%. If you take it at 65, you get 86.7% of your monthly benefits. If you wait till you're age 70 and a half, until the year you reach 70 and a half, from your full retirement age, in this case we're talking about 67, to 70, every year you'll get eight percent more, 68 years old, 69 and 70. So three years you will get three, you'll get eight percent more per year added to your benefit. So when you start taking that age 70 and a half, you'll get you'll be your monthly payment will be a lot more. About 30% more. Okay. Compounded for doing that, um, <clears throat> so should you wait? Yes, you should. If you can, you should wait. Now, there's the argument that now here's these years that you're waiting. You could have got the money, right? That you're not getting, and you're waiting till seventy and a half. If you t- if you die at age seventy one, now you you know, you kind of shot yourself in the foot because you're not getting all those higher benefits for very long. So <coughs> excuse me. So there's that argument. So if you're healthy, you wait. If you're unhealthy, maybe you shouldn't wait and take your maybe you should take your benefits or even earlier, depending on how, what kind of health condition you are in. Okay. Now also, okay. Also, it, it's going to go by the month. So let's say you're now um, you're you want to take the benefits early. Okay. And you're 62 and four months. Well, they calculate this, that based on those four months, you know. So it goes, it, it, that would be 71.7 percent instead of just at 62, where you'd only get 70 percent. So each month you wait, you get a little bit more and a little bit more. Hope that makes sense. So those are some of the basic things of Social Security. If you are if you born earlier than 1960, your full retirement age probably will be 65 or 66. It, it, it depends. Uh, but the same kind of rules apply. You know, if you wait till your full retirement age and let the Social Security benefits build, they get 8% more a year until 7.5. Okay, I hope that makes sense to you. I'm Steve Peasley. I realize that a good many of you are regular Invest Talk listeners. I know that, but you also may want, you know, more hands-on guidance, expert guidance. You may like to have a knowledgeable mentor, maybe. Well, Justin and I are proud to announce pre-registration going on the launch of Invest Talk Academy. Invest Talk Academy. It's a class. It's a it's classes, not just one. Uh, every week we're going to put on a class. I think it would be a pretty interesting experience. I think it would be very, very beneficial to you. We plan on hosting the Vesta Academy online classes each week, and we're going to do a full analysis of the market. Uh, we're going to go into various topics, and you will have a say in what topics are we going to, and we're going to teach them. Teach them. For instance, uh, maybe charting. Maybe you want to learn more specifics about charting or fundamentals. You know, we're going to, we have a whole list of topics that we're going to let you decide which ones go first. Okay. So, you know, it hopefully, we'll. why should you be bullish? Or why is the economy doing what it's doing? What kind of effect it might have? Why should I buy this stock? Or what stock should I look? How do I search for a stock? How do I know if this stock is a good one to buy or not? You know, I can only answer questions quickly on the air. But if I can teach you how to find your own stocks, teach you how to manage your own portfolio, I think that'll go a long way to make you an above-average investor. We're still the same thing. How to avoid pitfalls? How should should it, what 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 is fixed income? How do I invest in fixed? Income? How how should I think about the stock market? How should I react to it? broad range of different topics, and get into specifics. And we have hands-on, one-on-one lesson. Talk Economy, is going to start November 1st. To get the lowest price, you can sign up right by October 31st at investtalk.com. Okay, the phone lines are open, and we're taking calls. 888-99-CHART.
0: This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial, where they are committed to reason and common sense guidance. That can help make you a better investor. And this philosophy is implemented for KPP clients and across all platforms broadcast radio, live streaming, podcast replays, plus the KPP Premium newsletter, the upcoming Wealth Webinar, and the exciting new Invest Talk Academy. Principals Steve Peasley and Justin Klein have over 60 years of combined experience in portfolio and money management. You can reach out to Steve or Justin by calling their Dana Point, California KPP financial office or sending a message through investtalk.com. The InvestTalk radio and podcast continues now. The phone lines are open. Call with questions. 888-99-CHART. Uh, good afternoon. My name is Venkat from Troy, Michigan. I'm looking for Haynes Brand International, HBI. Is it a good time to buy? Thank you. Have a nice day.
2: Okay, this is Haynes Brands, Inc. HB is a boy, I is an I. Makes t shirts, bras, panties, men's underwear, kids' underwear, socks, hosiery, casual wear, active wear. And they've been around many, many, many years, so it's a pretty solid company, a long-term company. It's a six billion dollar company, so it's not tiny. They make money; have always made money, and have been pretty good about growing it. Even though the last couple of years hasn't been as good as it was. 2017 was their peak, dollar ninety-three per share. 2018, they're only going to make a dollar seventy-five, and then next year, a dollar eighty-nine. Sales growth has always been in the low single digits for the last year. So, the stock has taken on the chin. It's gone down to $16.50. Today is at $16.88. It is th- three times now in the last year gone as high as $22 and has fallen from that. So, we're in a trading range. Trading range. The bottom in May was right here, $16.50. Now, it's $16.88. It's moved up three, four days in a row. This is the time you buy HBI, Haines Brands. You buy it because it's at its low range. The PE is nine. Five-year range is nine to 24. Return on equity is a very high 75%. The only little red flag that's out there is got quite more debt than I'm comfortable with. I'd have to check out that debt level, what, what happened there. So, uh, but everything else, you know, good, solid company. Um, and I I think that this would be your buy point. So, yes, HBI, this is where you would buy it if you want to. Doesn't mean it won't go down below its support. It's a double bottom, meaning there's where support, and it's bouncing off of that. That usually means that's where buyers come in at a double bottom. And you'll learn more of this on Investor Academy, by the way, this kind of thing. What does a double bottom look like? What's a triple bottom? When does a double bottom not look not be very uh, very positive? When is when is it when is it uh, very positive? In this case, it looks very positive to me because of the earnings and the consistency of the earnings. Sales are still growing, so even though they're growing slow, they're still growing, and Haynes Brands. You're going to learn more in Investment Academy about moats, and you're going to learn about uh, brands, you know, branding. To have a very long term, sturdy brand, Haynes. All those things. 888 99 chart, 888 992 4278. Okay, we have an election coming up. We all know the election's coming up. And, of course, there's, the odds are that the Democrats. First of all, we know you have a Republican president, we have a Republican Senate, and we have a Republican House, right? Okay, and remember when Obama was first elected, he had um, uh, the same thing, okay? Okay, so, Goldman Sachs, the investment group, okay, have done a study, and they have come up with what's going to happen if the uh, Congress is... Dem, you know, democratically controlled versus Republican control. What will happen to the market? What has happened in past markets when you had two different parties—one and one party as the president, and the other party control of Congress? What's happened in the past? Okay, and also just remember, investors like gridlock. They don't dislike gridlock. They like gridlock in Washington. They don't like one-party control and everything historically. But when one party controls versus having a, a, uh, a, uh, a different party in control of the executive branch versus the Congress, when one party controls, the market usually does better. When What will happen is, is like if you're talking about the Russell 2000, for instance, the average return of the Russell 2000, if... There's a divided government, is nine and a half percent. Okay, that's the average. Charge. If it was, and that's annualized, of course. If it was a united government with one party, is twenty one percent. Okay, and they did this study going back to 1979, which was there's was a lot of different things here, a lot of, you know, uh, divided government and um, an undivided government. The S&P 500, in a, in an annualized divided government, is 10.8 percent. With a, a United government, 16.4 percent. So uh, the the would you be rather would you rather be in Russell 2000, which is a small stocks, which has nine and a half versus 21, or big stocks? What I'm tra- my point here is, if the elections come by. And it turns out that the Democrats. Now I'm not. I'm not being political here. I'm just trying to figure out for my clients, for myself, and for you, what's the best for us as investors. And if we do get a divided government, <clears throat> doesn't mean the stock market's going to crash because of it, but it does mean there'll be less performance, at least based on history. It would do. It will. It does better in a in the undivided. Government, whether it's Democrats or Republicans, doesn't matter. Okay, now, different sectors, it matters greatly, right? Think about it. Military spending always goes up when Republicans are in charge and always goes down when the Democrats are in charge. That's what, you know, so what do you think you should do with your investments on military stocks? You see? So, yeah, it matters. It matters greatly. Okay, uh, BJ for Fremont, if you'll hold on, we're going to get to your questions right after this break. October is already half over, everybody. And we've got a free, uh, free online webinar coming up October 30th, as you know. So that's two weeks, by the way. So it's time to sign up. I'll be in San Jose on November 7th. need to sign up for that, too, if you want to meet with me. Your finance questions come first. Our number is 888-99-CHART.
0: On the next invest talk, a new report says that banks have advanced proposals for a possible IPO that would value ride-hailing company Uber at $120 billion. That story, tomorrow. But now, Steve is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your calls.
2: 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to BJ in Fremont. How are you doing, BJ? I'm good. Thanks, Steve. Uh, Can you please explain me the
0: the term uh, return on of equity for a stock? How it is different than profit per share uh, um,
2: concept? Okay, return on equity. Of course, there's there's uh, there's. Let's see. How am I gonna let's let's go this route? Okay. Okay, return. Oops. Okay, um, you got return on equity, return on assets, ROE, ROA. You have a lot of different. Uh, um, how should I say? Different metrics to look at anything in the stock market. Okay, and there's hundreds of these things. I mean, it's not just a few, because they they. You can you can look at it in many many different ways. So if you're taking a look at return on equity, what is you got to understand what equity is? Well, equity is the value of the company, right? I mean, pretty much the market cap. So if it's a million dollar, a billion dollar market cap, which is the equity of the whole company. What do I get a return on that billion dollars? 10%? 15%? Meaning, how much does that company grow in valuation? Okay, now you can get a... I'm, I'm trying to keep it simple here. Um, uh, so you're just trying to get an idea of how much can this company make me? doesn't mean how much in dividends you get... Doesn't mean how much earnings you, the company has. It means how much is the company growing, with all those things considered. Okay, um, and I'm trying to. What I'm trying to do is get you know get to the uh, uh, the definition, the actual definition. But uh, you know, <laughs> trying to do two so, things so, at once uh, is pretty uh, hard to what do. What is the difference? I mean, the profit per share at the end of
0: it also is indicated how company is growing isn't
2: it i mean is it is it different than a return of equity i mean uh, what info additional information if i look at that number versus per share profit uh, is going to tell me now if you're looking at just earnings uh, per share earnings return uh, that's not necessarily the total return because That's just the earnings of the company. And, you know, how much they're going to earn per share does not mean how much you've returned on that because a lot of times there's, you know, have you heard of EBITDA, earnings before, interest, tax, depreciation, and all those things? So you have different ways to measure your earnings. I wish it was simple. It's not. Uh, So return on equity is the net Income return as a percentage of shareholders' equity, meaning the total value of the company, the net income, and that means after all your depreciation, taxes, all those things. Okay, and it's just a measure of the profitability of the company. Okay, so return on equity is net income divided by shareholders' equity. That's how they come to that number. So when you isn't, different isn't ways Luna to the profit per share? No. No. It's not the same. Not the same. <laughs> it's because a okay. profit per share not ne- not necessarily is the total net return of what you have. It's very closely related, but there's going to be things considered such as uh, uh, depreciation, such as taxes, such. A- there's different things that are taken consideration, so it's not the same. Now, it's close. <laughs> it's it pretty concept complex, BJ. It really does. So uh, if you ever want to look up these definitions, you can do that through Investopedia. They have, you know, that list of definitions. I mean, return on equity is the amount of net income returned as a percentage of the shareholders' equity. Yeah, so also known as return on net worth. So it's a measurement of the corporation's profitability what it is, okay? I'm Steve Peasley, and this could, Nah, we're already done for the day? It is, we're done for the day, gosh, I already completed the show. I, okay, just a reminder, uh, we do, for our podcast listeners, uh, we have a new sponsor, Charts. something that we use all the time, they make software, Justin and I use, research, data files, charting, if you have an interest, if you need some financial statistics, go to Charts. we use it all the time.